Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Man, that, that movie will make you want to cry to think about all that Rocky had and he had to move out because of his damn wife's brother. It's Wes. I give that man all the credit in the world for not killing him because I would have took him out in the backyard and beat those ribs up Ooh. like I was about to put them on the grill. And Walker. This is Top of the Dome, by the way, with the ribs grill reference. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That man would have had cracked ribs and all types of cracked stuff for signing over my pal Vuitton. One hour away before we hand it off to Kyle Bailey, and then Kyle Bailey brings you to the weekend, a weekend full of college football. We've been talking about it all day. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Planning to talk with Mike Hill, Charlotte 49er Athletic Director, in just a moment. Charlotte going to kick off their season against South Carolina State. Yes, yes. On Charlotte's campus, everybody's excited. I'm ready to go. Season opener, Wes, a new era. And you talk about new, everything is new. And he came in banging the drum, letting you know that he is coming and the 49ers are behind him with the uh what are the pickaxe is that what you call that's, it that's right or the pickaxe yes. in tow norm the niner would be proud of you for remembering yes that. sir yes norm the niner uh, he is great with his pickaxe i am ready to see biff Pogey and the charlotte 49ers team back in action for the 2023 season and who better to talk about all of it than charlotte 49er athletic director mike hill joining us now on the body works plus guest hotline mike it's good to have you i have my biff Pogey cut off in hand it's glorious. If you want to cut off too, by the way, you can head to the bookstore and explore that beautiful campus like I did. My question, Mike, is are you going to wear a cutoff either in this game Saturday or at any point this season? You know, I, I was at, I was at Dow a couple of days this week working out and getting the arms ready, so we'll see. Oh, so you better than me then. <laughs> yeah, because I still have my noodle arms that could hula hoop through a Cheerio, but I want to see Mike all buff in the Biff Poji cutoff. That would be great. I, Mike, it does seem like anticipation is as high for this football season as it's been in quite some time. How have you guys been able to capitalize on all the excitement around Biff and the change within the team? Well, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun, right? I mean, let's let's face it. We've got a head football coach who's got a lot of personality, a lot of character, and um, you know, people enjoy that. Our fans are really, I think, they're they're feeding off of the energy that that Biff exudes, and um, which has created that buzz, you know. And so, I think you look at certainly, uh, you know, we see our ticket sales are up. We're close to, if not right at a sellout now for our first American Conference game. Uh, next month, sales are, are strong for tomorrow as well, and uh, you know that's just that's a result of people's excitement about what they're seeing and the, and they're hearing, you know. So, but we're ready to, to put it on the tee and get going. Yeah, uh, Mike, I've asked you this a few times. I mean, you mentioned all of the excitement surrounding Biff Pogey. Will Healy promoted the school a ton. I thought that might take a step back with Biff Pogey just because the bar was so high. 
I could not have been more wrong. I mean, so wrong with that assessment. Biff is a walking Charlotte billboard. The guy hasn't coached a game, and I bought a shirt with his body on it. I mean, if you look at what's taking place, I know that these hires don't come at the expense of expected wins, but Mike, did you know the kind of character he was going to be when you hired him? Yeah, I have to be honest with you. Um, I'm not sure that any of us anticipated, you know, we, we get exactly what we've gotten here. I mean, look, it's, uh, you know, we hired him because we think he's an outstanding football. Right. That was the number one reason we hired him. And, and uh, you look, we also understood and knew that, you know, his story is, is, you know, it's unique. It really is. It's an unusual path that he's taken to get here. And we felt like, you know, we needed to do something different. Um you know, I've said this repeatedly, you know, this, this is a young program that is competing against, you know, 100-plus-year-old football programs. We've been playing for 10 years. And so we needed to do something differently. We're on a bigger stage now. And, you know, so all the pieces, you know, are coming together. But we needed somebody who could, you know, really sort of, you know, rally rally the, 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 the people who need to get behind the program. Uh, but also, you know, build the program through recruiting and coaching. And so the the, 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 the extra benefit of his uh, big personality uh, has been uh, a little bit of a surprise, but honestly, you know, it's been exciting because, like you said, you know, everywhere I go, people want to talk about our football program, and, and that's not always been the case. So now, look, in the end, we got to go win some games, right? He'd be the first one to tell you that. You know, as, as my friend Coach Spurrier used to say at Florida, talking season is over. You know, so it's uh, we're done with that piece, and now let's go compete. But it's an exciting time to be a Charlotte 49er. Mike Hill joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at rmikehill. And, Mike, you see this program every day. I'm sure you've seen the practices. You know what the players think about what's going on so far. But what's the thing that you're going to be looking for Saturday from this football team that maybe you have not gotten a chance to see or hear about yet? Well, you know, it's exciting to be able to see us compete against, you know, another team. When when you go against yourselves so long and every team's in the same boat, right, in August camp and even in spring ball, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit hard to, to determine and discern, you know, you know, just how strong you are in a certain area if you look that way in practice. But but my expectation based on what I've seen so far is that I, I think defensively we could be pretty special, particularly up front. Um it's it's uh, it's just such a transformation, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. And as you know, Biff wants to be a run the ball and stop the run kind of program, and that's his philosophy. And it's very old school, but time tested, as he would tell you. And so um, I'm excited to see our guys go against you know other competition and see you know if they look can look as good as they have you know in, in our practices and at our scrimmages. Um, the defense has been particularly strong, but that's not to say we haven't seen some some really nice things on the offensive side as well. And as you know, special teams are also critical. And, and Biff would be the first one to tell you you got to have all three units working well to have success. And so um, I see a lot of confidence out there on the field. You know, at practice, I see a lot of energy and excitement. Um, and as much as anything, just we got some large humans on our team now <laughs> that we didn't have before. I mean, it's just. This is different. I mean, we, you know, 52 new players, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're much, much bigger up front uh, on both sides of the ball. And that's where you win football games. You know, you win them in the trenches. And so um, I'm really, really excited to see us go against, you know, some opposition outside of ourselves so we can really test ourselves and see how good we can be. 
And then, Mike, too, when you look at this football team and when you guys come out there and take the field tomorrow, what was it like, though, as an athletic director, having 52 new players, you have guys exiting and guys coming in. Just for people who don't know out there, what is that process like bringing in so many new faces and how hectic does it get? That is a great question. and is lost on many people. It is chaotic. Um, it is intense. Um, it is an incredible amount of work um, by the coaching staff, by the support staff at football, and by the administrative staff. And we all have to work together. And I talked about this with our administrative staff back in December, um, you know, when, you know, it was pretty clear we had a football coach here who was you know, going to turn up the flame when it came to, you know, um, you know, uh, recruiting and, and potential transfers, et cetera, that it was a little, uh, little, little higher volume than I think our staff was used to. And my, and my message was simply this. It is our job. It's our number one job to support our football program and try to recruit the best players we possibly can. And so that means that, um, you know, we're going to have to work overtime. And our, and our people got it, and they embraced that. And so, um, but, but it, it was an incredibly busy time, a relentless um, sort of experience, I think, for everybody in the football building and the administrative building to work together to collaborate on such an exciting class. Charlotte 49er Athletic Director Mike Hill joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mike, we all got the news this morning. ACC does decide to expand. They welcome not only Cal and Stanford, but they do welcome SMU, a member now of the AAC, the conference, of course, in which Charlotte plays in. What does it mean for the AAC that SMU will now go to the ACC starting next year? You know, I think SMU is, is a is a great brand and it's got a program, you know, with certainly tremendous history. Um, you know, so we, we hate to see SMU go. Um, but it's also at the same time part of our new reality in college athletics. And frankly, when you look at, you know, the other leagues across the country, particularly the the Pac twelve, which um has essentially disintegrated, I think you know, losing one team out of our fourteen schools um, you know, that, that's something that, that, that we, we can absolutely not just survive, but uh, you know, have an opportunity to, to add someone who can provide some real value to the league. And so obviously those are steps that will be led by our commissioner, Mike Oresco, who is a fantastic leader and somebody I've known for a really long time. Um, you know, so it's, it's just part of, part, of, uh, part of college athletics in 2023 and beyond, you know. And honestly, I think we're going to see even more of it, you know, down the road. Um, how much of that will affect the American remains to be seen. You know, you control everything that you can possibly control, and there's still some variables out there that you don't control. And so uh, what we focus on as a league and certainly focus on as a program is let's focus on ourselves and be dialed in and, and have regular communication with leadership in college athletics, uh, which I've certainly done and we have done as a league. And then you're as, as prepared as you can be for whatever those options and opportunities are. So, um, we're just really thrilled for our program to be a part of such a great league like the American. We feel like we are a better positioned than we've ever been uh, to be in a league like this that's really, really strong from top to bottom and uh, excited about the future.
Mike, I got to ask you, man, you, you've got the Florida Gators on your schedule September 23rd. If you guys come out and you like what you see uh, from this squad and they are able to be physically dominant, let's just say uh, that they get the job done uh, to open the season and then beat Maryland. How confident are you that you guys could go down to Florida after what we saw last night and, and maybe get a victory in your old stomping ground? <laughs> yeah, I'm not falling into that trap, but I'm going to tell, tell you this. I'm looking forward to the trip for sure. Go down to the swamp. It'll be a great experience for our players and for our fans um, to play in that historic venue and the unbelievable atmosphere and to play an FCC team. And obviously for me personally, you know, there'll, there'll be a lot of emotion, you know, getting back to see, you know, my Gator family, you know, where I've spent 24 years of my life and my career and where, I learned so much about, you know, this business. And um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about it. I think, look, you know, Coach Poggi and I have talked about it. I mean, there's not a game on our schedule that we look at and say, well, we've got no shot, right? Now, there are some games that are going to be maybe more difficult than others based on the the, the talent levels of our opposition. But uh, we're not going into any game thinking we don't have a chance to win. And so I can promise you that the Niners, when they head to Gainesville, will be ready to scrap it on. I was really hoping, Mike, that you would fall for that trap. Like, I would envision you in a cutoff, smoking the cigar, saying, <laughs> we're going to stop Florida. Like, I wanted to hear it, but I understand you're much more professional than that. And so I can understand the answer. I, I did want to steer this real quickly back to conference realignment for just a moment, because so much a part of the conversation surrounding realignment is that presidents, chancellors, they're the ones making these decisions that have real athletic consequences they might not be thinking about at the forefront, despite it having real consequences there. Uh, Mike, does the system need to change so that athletics are made, uh, athletic decisions are made by guys like you, athletic directors, people that are at the top of the athletic department? Is there any problem with the process and how conference realignment goes about right now? Well, I think there, there are probably a couple of answers to that. Number one, yes, there are problems with our system, right? And And what's gone down with conference realignment? Um, has had some unfortunate consequences for some really great programs and schools and un- unfortunate consequences, I think, for, for some, some student athletes who are going to you know, have to travel a lot farther, a lot longer, a lot more often uh, to compete. So when you look at it you know, from the outside, you, know, you, you, you say none of this makes any sense, right? So where does it stop? But I, I don't think that that's lies solely at the feet of you know, presidents and chancellors. Like, first of all, I could tell you like our chancellor, She's incredibly knowledgeable about athletics. She and I are very well aligned. Uh, we talk every single day, um, and she gets what we do. And there are a lot of university leaders who do. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe some of them not as much as others, okay? And I'm, I'm not about to pretend that, you know, every single institutional president or chancellor has, a, you know, the, the kind of grasp on athletics that, that ours does. But there are a lot of very competent leaders. I mean, you don't become a university president or chancellor and, 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 and not be pretty sharp, right? So the ones who, who, who maybe don't have as much experience in it tend to lean more heavily on their athletic directors and listen to them. So I don't think this is – I don't think we can blame presidents and chancellors for this. Yes, they vote. They cast the votes. You know, but honestly, most of the moves that have occurred here in the last few months it's not been about greed. I've heard people say, oh, this is all about greed and the cost of, you know, college athletics. It, these schools are trying to survive, to try to maintain. I mean, you think about the schools, for example, Oregon and Washington, 
leave the Pac-12, his cornerstone members of that league, to join the Big Ten, and they're receiving, you know, far less money than the competition is receiving in the Big Ten, the other members. And the money that they're receiving in the Big Ten is comparable, maybe a little bit more, than what they're receiving in the Pac-12 today. So that wasn't like a big money grab. It was if they didn't do it, where were they going to end up? Look at Oregon State and Washington State right now. Both of those schools currently get about $25 million from their conference deals. Next year, what are they going to have? Like, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't, who knows, right? And I, I'm not certainly authorized to speak on behalf of either those institutions, but my point is yeah, they could be looking at losses of tens of millions of dollars annually. How do you sustain your program? So I, I just think that, you know, we're in a system that is rapidly changing with the NIL and the transfer portal and conference realignment and all of these forces sort of all at once. And we're seeing the most seismic shifts that we've ever seen in such a short amount of time. Uh, but I don't blame presidents and chancellors for making decisions that, honestly, they really don't have much choice in, in, in making. They have to in order to, to sustain their programs. And so uh, I just know this. I worry about Charlotte. And what I, what I think about our place is that we've got incredible alignment between the athletic director and Chancellor Gaber and our board. And that's how you have a successful athletics program. Well, that's good enough for me. Charlotte fan, Mike Hill, Charlotte athletic director. Joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, getting us ready for the season opener against South Carolina State tomorrow at 6 p.m. Mike, thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it and excited to see you out there. You bet. Thank you, guys. And go Niners. Thanks, Mike. I'm excited, man. Football season is Should here. Be. Interesting conversation, too, at the very end. Mike Hill talking about conference realignment, the state, how chancellors, presidents make these decisions, the influence of athletic directors within some of those universities. Really impressive uh impressive i think articulation of what's going on from somebody in the know sure. so really interesting to hear all that let's talk a little bit more about it too and the carolina panthers on the other side of the break it's wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Big thanks to Mike Hill, Charlotte 49er Athletic Director, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can also check it out on our website, WFNZ.com. Very easy to find. Just click the Wes and Walker podcast tab, and Mike Hill will be right there. Got a lot of interviews today. Gene Sapikoff, Anthony Flounder, Fleazy, Flizzle, Pagnata. Mm-hmm. We also have Jeff Taylor talking some high school sports in just a moment. Going to be joining us um, again on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Let's talk a little more Carolina Panthers, shall we? No game this weekend, but we do know that they have a monster contest to open up the season against the Atlanta Falcons. And then the second game is also a division game when they take on the New Orleans Saints. Bryce Young, I feel good about. I feel good about Bryce Young, confident in even if he is a rookie QB, that's somebody I am okay with, right? I'm not going to be crazy worried, even with 
some understanding with some of the struggles that might come his way. I just feel like he's going to be as prepared as any rookie QB that they could have drafted this year and in a lot of other NFL draft classes. The offensive line, we talked about it a little bit. There are some positives that there was some good pass protection numbers from a lot of the offensive linemen, but there weren't for Icky this year. There was not from Bradley Bozeman in the game against the Giants. My question is, Bryce Young being so good and us talking about the draft history, the pieces that the Carolina Panthers have put around their number one overall QB. How much does getting the QB position right? How much time does that buy a Scott Fitter and a Frank Reich, the new head coach? I think it buys you at least two seasons because that first season you're going to get a mulligan because they're going to say, well, he's got a rookie quarterback. He's got to get that in order. and We'll see what type of strides he makes in the second year. Then I feel like the second year depends on, well, how does it look? Has the quarterback improved? Is the offense looking the way we want it to look? Is this a competitive team that we feel like is ascending and not on the decline? And I think if you match that criteria, then I think you're good to go. But I think if that second season, if things look in disarray, it looks dysfunctional, and it looks like it's not going in the right direction, then I think uh, you will be out of here. But I think as far as just everything being so new in this organization, I mean, it can't look absolutely horrible, but let's just say uh, for kicks and giggles that it did. And I think that an eyebrow would be raised, but I think they'd be okay if this season, even if it went, awry mine was raised a little bit with kicks and giggles i like kicks yeah and giggles. well you know yeah. the normal term i would use for that i can't say here that's all right no i just kicks and giggles i really like <laughs> it i'm gonna start using that so it buys them some time it buys them a couple of years as you mentioned but what if it goes so poorly i look i agree with you it's not gonna happen as far as a firing goes with yeah. either scott fitter or frank reich but nick Wright, on first things first talked about the panthers offense being pretty bad this year and if it was this bad then maybe you would also look into firing some of the people towards the top here's what nick wright had to say uh carolina panthers another team like houston that traded away their number one pick at least carolina did it to move all the way up to number one to get bryce young but he is going to get killed behind a non-existent offensive line and when he doesn't get killed he's going to be throwing the non-existent weapons that might be the worst offense in the league next year it's going to be a tough opening for bryce young worst offense in the league Look, it didn't look good this preseason. I I feel like we're just completely disregarding what happened with the starters against Detroit. Because we've heard a lot of that. And the games against the Giants and the Jets, it looked really bad. But they scored 10 points. Yeah, it was against backups. But also, James Houston is good. I, I think he's a good football player. He's not a pro bowler, but he's a good pass rusher. I think when you're talking about Bryce Young doing what he was supposed to do against that kind of talent. You hook up with Adam Thielen in the end zone. You're seeing a lot of good things from even Jonathan Mingo, as we mentioned. The first pass of the game, it's a completion where Mingo separates and picks up yards after the catch. What else do you want from a Jonathan Mingo on that route? Separation, yards after the catch, first down. I'm Gucci with all of that. My question is, is there, do you see the Panthers' offense being the worst in the league, or is Bryce Young too good to allow them to do that? Well, sing it with me, folks. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's what I said was going to come out of this Detroit matchup, the fact that they didn't play <laughs> against the starters. 
I think that kind of hurt the perception because people weren't going to give it the proper credit. Nobody was going to look at it from the outside, not being a Carolina Panthers fan and say, oh, yeah, that's pretty great what they did. I'm glad that they were able to get some points. People were going to be dismissive and say, well, we saw what they did when they played against starters. Didn't look so hot. So uh, but no, I don't see worse offense in the league because I'm going to give Bryce Young more credit than that. It's just, again, the offensive line and what we've seen from them has kind of dialed back some of the the positivity, so to speak. And they have to come out and regain that for us. They have to come out in week one and really show that they shored some things up during the time that they had between the last preseason game and the first game. So that's what I think. But I do think if this offensive line does not improve, let's just say we live in a universe where yeah. uh, this is a real problem and what we saw in the preseason is a lot of what we're going to get during the regular season, then yes, this does have the opportunity to be a really, really bad offense near the bottom or at the bottom. All right, so did want to get to some other Panthers news before we welcome Jeff Taylor. Just real quickly, Brian Burns did not practice yesterday. Frank Reich said it was, quote, a personal matter. It's impossible for me to have more respect than I do for Brian. So that's his personal matter. Secondly, that's a matter of policy. That's not my role to talk about contracts, even if that's what it was. So this could be a personal matter real quickly before we go to Jeff Taylor. He, he's on standby. Didn't want to mention this with Brian, right? He has not given us any indication that he's going to miss time. The guys at training camp, Wes, the guys not playing in preseason, but that's more of a Panthers decision than it seems to be a Brian decision. It very well could be a personal matter and he'll be ready to go week one. Real quickly, your thoughts on the Brian Burns situation as it stands now. Yeah, Nikki B is holding up the bag for Brian Burns. I mean, the 49ers have yet to get that deal done. I don't know why, but they've yet to get that deal done. Brian Burns is starting to get a little antsy. Well, you just answered it, right? Yes. Like, it, it is Nick Nikki B is, yes. your, is the reason why. Yes, he's sitting there like, listen, I did everything you guys wanted me to do. I'm ready to get this deal done. He's ready to get that big, massive bag. It hasn't come yet, so we'll see if he decides to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go home for a little while until you guys figure this out. Yeah, I think most people that cover the team, in fact, I haven't seen anybody say to the contrary, most people feel good that Carolina's going to pay him. And it really is all going to happen once Nick Bosa resets the market with his deal. And once you get that contract, then Brian Burns will sign to something. It doesn't seem like he's going to skip any time. At least that's what all... I mean, why would you do training camp and miss games? That is... I can't make that make sense. Wow. I can't make that make sense. So I, I expect him to agree to a deal once we get some clarity on the Nick Bosa situations. And now, and now turning over to high school football, because we know that's coming every Friday for the foreseeable future. Joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Jeff Taylor, sports director at Bay Hackle Sports, joins us. You can follow him on Twitter at JT Bay Hackle Sports. Jeff, how we doing on this Friday? I'm doing great, guys. I hope you're well. Hey, uh, a little earlier start tonight, a little bit cooler, so uh, let's rock. We're ready to go, man. So you guys, this game that you will be broadcasting on BayHackleSports.com and your supporting platforms is Glenn versus Chambers. Glenn comes in with quarterback Jarrell Crawford, who's averaging 150 yards in the first two games of this season. And Chambers, my goodness, they got blistered by Savannah Benedictine last Friday. So they're looking to get back on the winning side of things. They're going to hope for a better showing. They're led by running back Braylon Vinson, who had 160 yards last week in the losing effort. But what do you expect from this game tonight? You know, I think Chambers has to get their offense going. I, you know, I know they had, you know, 
you know, almost 280 yards on the ground. And, and you know, as you mentioned, you know, but they, they six guys touched the football. So, you know, that, you know, that it is what it is there. You know, senior Trey Robinson, the quarterback, you know, he, he needs to protect the football a little bit more. Um, and, and they just got to find some offense. Actually, they got to, it just wasn't a great performance out of the gate. And I know, you know, playing Benedictine out of, you know, Georgia, that you're talking about one of the top five teams in that state. So, the offense needs to get going because if you remember, they actually scored that touchdown as the game was opened by Benedictine with an onside kick, and then Chambers took it in and scored. Um, so the rest of the game, they only put up three points. So you know, forty-two to three, um, it's just not cutting. And I think it's, it's you know we haven't expected that from Chambers over the past few years. You know, and as for Glenn, you know, as you said, one and one. If I'm correct, you know, Terrell Crawford, that that kid, he's a sophomore. Um, you know, and like you said, first game he threw for three hundred two yards. So. You know, over averaging over 150 yards passing per game. Um, their rushing attack is not real strong, though. The first game they only averaged one yard a carry. They improved it a little bit by going six yards a carry in the second game. They got a lot of youth there. Um, I think Chambers is, you know, I, I think Chambers is going to find a way to get it done tonight. I think that they need to get back to, uh, you know, they want to be the powerhouse that they are known to be. So I think, uh, I think they're going to they, they're going to wrap everything tonight, play a pretty clean game, and I think they come out with a win. All right, and then also a huge matchup going on in the city tonight, Charlotte Catholic and Providence Day. The Cougars of Charlotte Catholic, that defense is holding opponents to an average of less than 200 yards per game, but Providence Day has Jaden Davis, the Michigan commit, four-star quarterback, 74% passing so far this season, 749 yards, eight touchdowns. We know Steve Ship's son out there at the wide receiver spot, what he's been doing. Running back Ian Klein has been doing his thing as well, and their defense has picked off five passes in two games. What do you expect from that game tonight? I expect a shootout. <laughs> Both teams, though, averaging 40, beyond 40 points a game. You know, And if you remember last year, these two teams played a classic at Charlotte Catholic. Providence Day scored with 11 seconds to go to win that one 21-20. I think we're going to see a lot more points Score tonight, and you know you mentioned Providence Day, and you mentioned a couple of their guys, but you know they also have the, the number one player in the class, and and David Sanders, the lineman who hasn't committed yet. Yes, um, you know, and then and, and Channing Godwin, the other quarterback who's going to Michigan, also. So, listen, we know what Providence Day is. They're they're stacked. You know, you're, you're talking about you know, you know, Coach Greer and what he's done there, and uh, you know, just the, the the program he has there. You know, Charlotte Catholic on the other side, not as many weapons. You know, a young coach. But here's the deal. I've watched both of their games. I've been both at both of their games when they went to um, South Mech, uh on week one. And then, of course, last week they played North Davis, uh, North Durham. You know, they're a well-coached team. They're fast. They're not huge. But, you know, they, they do what they need to do to score. They got Jack Larson, the, the tight end there who's going to Notre Dame. Their quarterback, Charlie Smith, it reminds me of every good quarterback that has a great tight end to throw to. If it's Cam Newton, you know, to Greg Olson, that, that duo right there, has put up some points early. So if, if, if I think if Catholic can stay with them and put some points on the board um, and kind of just try to do their best to contain Providence Day as much as they get. Listen, Charlotte Catholic's defense, like I said, they're not huge, but they're fast. They get to the ball. Their front four last week gave North Durham just all kinds of trouble uh, getting in the backfield before they could even hand the ball off. So I think we'll see – I think we're going to see a shootout. Um, I guess we just have to wait and see. But – Listen, Providence Day, you know, you're talking, you know, they're 24th and, you know, ESPN's 25, top 25 poll for high school. So on ESPNU, um, you know, we got sharp, you know, we got game day here, you know, for the college, uh, college. So it's just a great weekend for football. 
All right, last question for me, Jeff. I did want to ask about maybe the parity within Charlotte High School football in the local area, just because you look at some of these teams that are heading into what is mostly week three for a lot of these squads. Not many undefeated matchups, and I just wanted to know what you think about the parity within the area this year. You know, I think it's it's kind of interesting. I, I go back to what I what I thought about over the first two weeks, it, and, I, and I talked with um, a, a couple of coaches. It all comes down to coaching. We've got so many young coaches that haven't been around for, you know, more than maybe five years. And, you know, they're developing cultures and they're bringing in systems. And so I think you've got a couple, you know, we talk about Coach Brian Hills at Butler, you know, Chad Greer, you know, and we talk about a Providence Day. You've got some of these elder statesmen is what I call them. But to me, a lot of these teams have these young coaches and they're just building these programs and they're finding their footing early on and bringing in just a really cool culture. So, I think it's just it's that. I think it's the coaching and the way a lot of these teams are um, building a culture of you know doing things the right way, um, pushing protective football, you know, and, and working on the basics. So to me, that that to me is the parity of of you know, and, and it, it's kind of cool because you know you do look through some of the records, you get a lot of you know one and one teams you know that are, that are there. So I think it all comes down to the coaching, if you ask me. All right, that was Jeff Taylor, sports director of Bay Hackle Sports, talking on a high school football Friday. You can catch that hey, can game. I throw, Go ahead. Can I, throw one more, can I throw one more thing? Hey, don't forget that September is Mental Health Awareness Month. And Hopewell, um, actually, they're wearing some uh, ribbons tonight. To uh, Actually, and if I'm correct, uh, I need to double check. I was trying to talk with Erica Turner, but I haven't heard back yet. CMS may be doing it also. Everybody wearing ribbons on the back of their helmets for Mental Health Awareness Month. And, uh, you know, Wes, I believe uh, we uh, talked with uh, your mom yesterday out at Hopewell. So kudos to all of the people that are trying to, uh, you know, take a stand and help uh, just, you know, promote that because it is important. So kudos to that. No doubt about it. My mom has definitely been a driving force behind that movement. So, yeah, that is going down tonight as well. You can catch Glenn versus Chambers on BayHackleSports.com as well as all of their other platforms. And you can follow Jeff on Twitter at JT Sports. Jeff, we'll talk to you next week. Guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the football, and uh, yeah, y'all be safe. All right. Well, when we come back on the Weston Walker Show, we close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ finishing up a no rules football Friday. We got pick them in just a moment. How do we want to do this? We want to go with the highlights because I don't want to sacrifice week that was because we have some fun moments that I would love to relive. But we also need to get to some of the games locally. We'll be picking South Carolina State, Charlotte, Clemson, Duke. You get the whole shebang. Should we go with the highlights real quickly and then end with the games? Is that how we want to roll with it? I think we should get the games out of the way and then do it. You would rather do the games first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That seemed. What do you think? Do you guys want to? I mean, that's my preference, but I can go with the team. We're going to go to the games first because that's what Wes called for. 
Oh, no. Come on. All right. This is awful. I shouldn't have asked that question. You're just still going to play the sound of the background while yeah. we do the games? Okay, yeah. got it. We're just going to have some music to end the show. All right. So we just talked about it with Charlotte. They take on South Carolina State to kick off the season. Is it going to be a clean sweep for Charlotte across the board? Do we just move on from this? How yes. Do you think South Carolina State puts up a game against the 49ers? Not at all. Nope. No. Biff Poji, he's ready to rock, baby, and so are these fans. Yeah. Don't you do it, Fiddy. Don't don't you just say Charlotte to move on. Oh no, I just said yeah, no. Uh, Charlotte by forty. Oh yeah. I mean at least if not, I mean Biff should probably be fired. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> it took it took to the last segment for him to fire someone before we actually got to a game played, but I knew he was in there somewhere. Well, like here's the thing with Biff, because like we know how brutally honest he is. If they come out and they play bad, but they beat South Carolina State the way they should because South Carolina State's not a good team. Mm-hmm. He'll still probably say, I should be fired because I have this team. Right? Like, that's how honest the the Pogemeister is. Well, in the HBCU football, <laughs> South Carolina State's pretty good. They won the Celebration Bowl last year, if I'm not mistaken, over Jackson State. Well, I know who will be celebrating it. It's not going to be South Carolina State. No. Hell no. <laughs> We're going the Niners are going to be celebrating. 49ers, absolutely. Smoking cigars and all. All right, let's move on to Clemson and Duke. Wallace Wade, Clemson hits the road, and they actually take a long walk to the stadium and back, and Dabo Sweeney was complaining about it. I know you have Duke in this game, Wes. You've never wavered with this season opener. Why have you never wavered picking the Blue Devils against the Tigers? Because, like I said, 18 starters coming back from a 9-4 and four football team. You get them game number one where your fan base is as rabid as they're going to be all season long thinking about the what-ifs. They believe in Riley Leonard. They believe in Coach Elko, and that's why I think up in that environment, it powers the Blue Devils to an opening week upset. All right. What do you think? You going with Clemson? You know, I never thought it was possible for someone to annoy me with their Duke football hype, but that's what Wes Bryan has done since April. Since we got the schedule, he sat on the radio and picked this. I think Clemson hears the talk. I think, and look, as much as I'd love for Duke to win the game and see this this paranoid, sensitive Clemson fan base unravel. I don't think that happens. I don't think it's close. I think I, I think Clemson rolls. 13-point spread. Oh, they cover. Clemson three, the favorite. Three, three touchdowns or more. Oh, I just wanted to correct on the state real quick. South Carolina was really bad. I got them confused with North Carolina Central, who beat Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. Go ahead. All right. Only Charlotte celebrating. We have officially confirmed that. Yes. Give me Clemson to win. I think Duke covers, but Clemson wins. I'm going to take the pansy way out here. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to sit the fence on bad. this one. But I'm going to go with the Tigers. They end up winning in Duke. Uh, next game, Florida State, LSU. Who do you have in that one, Wes? You got the Tigers uh, moving on. You didn't pick the Tigers the first time. Will this be the time you pick the Tigers? Uh, I'm going to pick LSU in this game. Uh, I think Florida State gets the job. Or oh, they lose this game. I'm sorry. You agree with this one, right, Fiddy? She... Uh... My guy Josh Graham was on Mac and Bone yesterday, and he picked LSU to win the national championship. I think it's going to happen under Brian Kelly. I don't think it's this year, and I really think Florida State's ready. They won this game last year when it was in New Orleans. This year, the game is in Orlando. I believe is where that game is going to be played. Give me Jordan Travis. Give me the Knowles on Sunday night to take down the Tigers. I agree. I think Clemson and Florida State both win their games, and it will make for a very fun matchup once those two play actually at the pretty early portion of the season. Last one, North Carolina, South Carolina, 
picking uh, North Carolina in this one, Wes. One of the rare 50-50 games you have the Tar Heels winning. Yeah, I've got the Tar Heels. I think Drake May and crew do work against that South Carolina defense that has a lot of holes to fill. I think South Carolina does not have quite the uh, offensive firepower uh, to match North Carolina, even though they both have a lot of inexperience offensively on each side. What do you think, Fiddy? This has been as nervous I've been for a season opener in quite some time because the teams are so evenly matched. Uh, South Carolina fans are going to travel to make this more of a South Carolina home game than a North Carolina home game. But the Tar Heels have the better quarterback. And, Walker, I think in the end of the fourth quarter, those uh, those of us in Bank of America will be chanting, Tar Heels! I'm going with North Carolina as well. We got a couple people on West and Walker. All of us. All of us. We're just a bunch of Heels fans on this West and Walker show. Um, I apologize <laughs> I was late, but I still wanted to fulfill what was my responsibility with the end of that Tar Heel chant. You had you, me nervous. I know. You fulfill your responsibility by bringing us the best highlights in the week that was. What kind of highlights we got, Fiddy? All right. So we went down a rabbit hole earlier in the week talking about the best places to eat after a hangover. And, Walker, this might be far, and you might get offended. You're, you're, you're the certified drunk on the on the show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're the guy that talks openly about, right. you, you know. Right, you see Colin, how, even he had to stop. <laughs> okay. Did you just borderline call me alcoholic? Yeah, all right, I that's mean, look, fine. you know, we all have our phases. Mine will come after Saturday, and then yours was in college. Well, you wow. were talking about... Uh, <laughs> How you went to Hardy's one time, and you got Hardy's ice cream. This is true. And along the way, you met a guy that you called Chill Billy. One time in high school, me and my buddies were at Hardy's. Just to give you an idea of what Hardy's demographic is, right? When we went to Hardy's one time, we had, we had this was over a decade ago, the country dude, long hair, just, you know, not like not like a hillbilly, but a chillbilly. You know, like just somebody that was clowning with everybody, but real cool. He came out and he said he gave it all free ice cream. Just had a big old tray, each of a bowl of ice cream. And Hardy's got some good ice cream now. Don't get it twisted. Yes. He came out, he's like, guys, I just thought you guys might like this, man. I used to eat this stuff up when I was high as hell. Bam. <laughs> Serves us free ice cream. And we're like, are we smoking? <laughs> We weren't even high, but we did get high off of vanilla ice cream because of that guy. And for that, I thank him. I mean, any way you can get free food like that that you're going to enjoy, man, you got to gotta love it. I tried to put some, I tried to make sure my eyes were a little bloodshot any other time I walked in there just so I could get some free ice cream. Didn't work again. I don't even think that guy worked there again. He worked there one day probably and then got fired. Understandably. I never knew Hardy sold ice cream. Yeah, they did. It was called, uh, I forget what it was, but they used to have it like... It was churned. They used to churn it in-house, too. Like, I, I remember it. Slow churned? Is that what it was? Well, that I don't. But I just remember that they had ice cream. <laughs> Dude, Walker knows his ice cream, man. He does. You said churned. I put one more word on it. You're like, whoa. That's yeah, I've never heard of the extra terms going with it. No, you said churned. All right, move on. What's another highlight? Okay, another one came from, well, us still talking about the greatest places to eat after a night of drinking. And I guess it was too harsh to call you the certified drunk. So I'll publicly apologize to you. Thank you. And uh, I think it was either Vietnamese food or Japanese food got brought up. And <laughs> I made a dad joke that was all time bad. Vietnamese. Some Vietnamese pho. 
which is I learned how to pronounce that. Oh, it's long, pho, not pho. I, I thought it was pho for a long time, but it's actually pho. I learned that like five years ago. You thought it was pho, pho show. <laughs> I knew that something. So I knew weak. a dad joke of some type was coming. <laughs> Get that one out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, usually, usually you do a pretty good job of executing the dismount, but there you were. You liked that one a lot. I love it. Uh, Fiddy laughing at his own jokes. It makes it better. It does. He tries to give you a deadpan face when he delivers those jokes. I actually like it when he can't control his laughter. Yeah. It's a little better. That laugh is insane. It is. It's very it, maniacal. The rejoins. I did not realize how apparent it was until I started putting the rejoins together. Yeah. That laugh is, it's trademarked. We have it. We control it. <laughs> you have any other thing for us, Fiddy, before we go to the weekend? I've got one more. Also, did Hardy's have dip cones? Can you confirm or deny? Because we're getting that set. I don't believe they I don't, did, I but so. I don't remember 100%. I would have tried it, though. Okay. Is dip cones terminology that shouldn't be understood? Oh, no. I mean, I worked at Derek Queen, so I know all, all right. about the dip. All right. The last highlight, we, we've started this tradition on Wednesdays. We term it War Cry Wednesdays on the Wesson Walker Show. And this, uh, this this one was an all-timer. So I'm going to count down to three, and then we'll get our War Cry Wednesday going. One, two, three. That's a yell right there, baby. Boy, he sounds like a screaming eagle. That's what I'm talking about. That boy's ready for a Tar Heels game with that kind of yell. He's red. I'm seeing stars. Baker Walker Walker is dying. I mean, don't don't call on me until 3 o'clock. I wish people could have seen Fiddy. That was the most intense I've ever seen Josh Fiddy Marlowe. All right. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. I'm surprised. Is your voice okay, or did it take a couple of days to rehabilitate? No, I mean it's fine. And I want y'all to know, I was literally back here seeing stars. <laughs> like I, I, I went to a That's place. That's called bad the, eating. The things I do for my my body for this show, y'all can never <laughs> pay me back enough. <laughs> we'll end with that one. That'll do it. Eat Josh, better, more water. You won't see stars when you yell. Uh, man, from from trying to cover his own throw up <laughs> with a leaf on Kyle Bailey's lawn to seeing stars because he yelled. Stars yelled? Yeah, that's right. That did happen. Yeah. I, I went to a dark place. That blood rush, man, is a real thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have let you end the show, but I could not. You saw stars because you yelled. Well, I mean, did you hear the yell? Drink less Diet Mountain Dew, bro. I don't drink Diet Mountain Dew. I'm not Mac. That's I drink one Mountain of the problems. Dew. He doesn't drink Diet Mountain Dew. Wait, yeah, it should be. You just kind of helped him out there. If you would drink no, Diet, Diet Diet's worse than regular. That, you know, no. he's, he's got a point, man. That's, hey, that's, that's, that's It depends on who you see. It depends on who you resubscribe to. Who do you pick for, for the game tomorrow night? Who'd you pick? Your boy went with South Carolina this morning. Hey, I'm not a coward. I went with the heels. Well, not a coward. Well, he just called his best friend a coward. I oh, called God. him a coward. They insult each other all the time. On public airwaves. You just called your best friend a coward. Yeah. Don't forget uh, ACC action tonight, too, man. Uh, Louisville, Georgia Tech, That's and right. Miami, and uh, Miami of Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in the mood for the ACC today, boys. Don't, don't forget. Yeah, I understand. Mm. All right. Here's the baton, Kyle. Thanks, Take him home, bud. All right. We're going to the weekend. Should be a lot of fun. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. We're off Monday. We'll be back with you on Tuesday from 12 to 3. Until then, keep it right here. Kyle Bailey, stay in the clubhouse alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.